Hi, this is Matt Johnson, and that was the opening music to 20th Century Fox's Grapes of Wrath, and you're listening to Classic Movie Reviews at ClassicMovieReviews.net, or on iTunes, just search for Classic Movie Reviews. And this is part two of our two-part Grapes of Wrath movie review, and as We mentioned last week, Bob and I spoke for about an hour on this movie, and so we decided to break it into a part one and a part two. So we'll just pick it right back up where we left off last time. Well, let's let's get back here to the the movies. Uh, The next scene is they're crossing that desert, um, and they get stopped, and they need to go through that agricultural check before they go into California, and... The Ma Jode says, "No, no, we can't. We've got to. We've got to keep going. Uh, we've got a real sick per, uh, woman here, and she's got Grandma kind of in her lap in the back of the truck. And the policeman shines the flashlight on Grandma and says, Grandma's awful sick. Look.' You wasn't fooling. You swear you got no fruit or vegetables? No, I swear it." And go ahead. You can get a doctor at Barstow. That's just eight miles. But don't stop. Don't get off. Understand? Okay, Ken. Much obliged. Uh, and we find out that actually Grandma was dead at that point. Yeah. And it, Ma Jode is so matter-of-fact about the the idea that it didn't matter. We've got to get through. We've got to get through. I know that Grandma would understand, you know. Where's Ma? I want Ma to see this. Look, Ma! Come here, Ma! Come on! on. You sick, Ma? You say we got across? Look! Oh, thank God. And we're still together, most of us. Didn't you sleep none? Was Grandma bad? Grandma's dead. When? Since before they stopped us last night. That's why you didn't want them to look, huh? I was afraid they'd stop us and we wouldn't get across. I told Grandma. I told her when she was dying. I told her the family had to get across. I told her we couldn't take no chance on being stopped. So it's all right. She'll get buried where it's nice and green and trees and flowers all around. She got to lay her head down in California after all. Uh, But there's just this this matter-of-fact attitude toward life and death. Like you had mentioned at the beginning uh, about how Tom Jode was so matter-of-fact about that fight and how he killed the, the person. I think this is just the way it was you know this is life you know this is their life it's you know people live and and they die and and you just keep going then they uh i'm a little out of sequence here there's some beautiful scenery that they uh include when they finally get to this overlook of the valley probably the uh central valley of california and then there's another caring person i i think it's in bakersfield if my memory's correct uh, who's a police officer ward bond Mm -hmm. 
and, the, and we find out that he's from Oklahoma or knows Oklahoma. Yeah, he's from Oklahoma. And he tells them to where they should go and how they need to get out of town and sends them on their way to that horrible migrant camp that's two miles out of town. Yeah, and he says that... How far you figure you're going to get that way? Pushing. Right here, we run out of gas. Where's the best place to get work around here? Don't matter what kind, either. If I seen one of them things, I seen 10,000 of them. Ain't it no good? Not here, not now. There was some picking around here about a month ago, but it's all moved south. Hey, what part of Oklahoma are you from, anyhow? Salisaw. Salisaw? Well, I come out from Cherokee County myself about two years ago. Cherokee oh, County! Oh, you didn't yeah, declare. Oh, my God, he's folks here from Cherokee County. He well, you don't say it. Right. No. All right, all right. Just don't go into it. What I got to tell you is this. Don't try to park in town tonight. Just go right on out to that camp. If I catch you in town after dark, I'll lock you up. But, but what are we going to do? Well, Pop, that just ain't up to me. Don't mind telling you the guy they ought to lock up is the guy that sent them things out. Yes. Yes, I agreed with him on that. I'll yeah, tell yeah, and this is where they arrive at the that, that camp that I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. It looked like a third world country to me, like refugees from a war. And the, what? The, so the first uh, scene that was really hard for me to watch was that scene at the camp when the guy's talking about how his wife and his kids died, and then the next scene that was really hard to watch was when they kind of got their tent set up at this camp and then all those kids come around looking for food and they hadn't eaten I any know. breakfast and the the older girl is talking about that and she starts crying because they haven't eaten and ma jode is just beside herself she 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 decides to feed the kids but she doesn't know if she's doing right or not she says so she's not sure if feeding them is really the right thing to do and they had so little themselves yeah so yeah, that that scene just overwhelmed me. All those children, and then the, uh, of course, then the sheriff's people show up. But shortly are, thereafter, they call them tin tin badge cops. I, I, I couldn't tell if they were sort of like hired, like private security people, or if they were actually part of the police force. Uh, I think there was kind of a mix going on there. I, I do, too. I, I think that Tim Badge maybe is referring to the fact that they weren't really official police officers. Uh, and then it became kind of slang for these guys are, watch out for these guys, they're not good. Yeah, and, and uh, they get into this scuffle when that slimy businessman arrives, and one of the campers kind of knows that what's going on and calls him on it. You men want to work? Sure we want to work. Where's it at? Tomorrow's county. Fruit's opening up. Need a lot of fruit pickers. You doing the hiring? Well, I'm contracting the land. What's your pan? Well, can't tell exactly yet. About uh, 30 cents, I guess. Why can't you tell? You took the contract, didn't you? That's true, but it's key to the price. Might be a little more, might be a little less. All right, mister, I'll go. You just show us your license to contract. Then you make out an order. Where and when and how much you're going to pay. And you sign it and we'll go. Now listen, smart guy. I'll run my business my own way. I got work. If you want to take it, okay. If not, just sit here, that's all. Twice now I fell for that line. Maybe he needs a thousand men. 
So he gets 5,000 there and he'll pay 15 cents an hour. And you guys will have to take it because you'll be hungry. If he wants to hire men, let him write it out and say what he's going to pay. Ask to see his license. He ain't allowed by law to contract men without a license. Hey, Joe. Agitator. And the businessman calls him an agitator and tries to get the police officer to arrest him. And the camper sort of runs off and after hitting the police officer. And the police officer pulls his gun and just takes a wild shot and hits an old lady and kills her. And kills her, yeah. And the and only... One of the... Oh, go ahead. One of the other police officers says... This lady's bleeding to death. Boy, what a mess them 45s make. Better get the doc. No kidding. But here again, uh, John Carradine has a great scene where he just fesses up to hitting the cop and and kind of says, well... What's going on here? Oh, this man of yours, he got tough, so I hit him. And he started shooting and hit that woman there, so I hit him again. Well, what'd you do in the first place? I talked back. You messed with the wrong guy, and, you know, I'm not going to take it, and they they arrest him, and we don't see him again for a little bit, but he does come back into the movie. But, I, again, it was just so matter-of-fact, you know, I did it. Here I am. <laughs> but he's protecting Tom Joad, because, actually, Tom Joad was the one who knocked down the cop and kind of knocked him out. Not, yeah, I, I can't add anything to that. It's just that that whole camp was, like, awful, terrible. So they, they decide they can't stay there because uh, the people are going to come in and, and basically torch that camp, and they people from the town don't like that camp being there. Uh, but there was an interesting uh, scene. I, one of the things I wanted to talk about was when the kids in the camp run off to get tin cans so that they can get some food from Ma Jode, if you look off in the background, you can see a town in the background. And so you know that they're sort of on the outskirts of a town. And I wondered if the people in town, you know, the folks that actually had jobs and had a house and were sort of making a go of it, really knew what was going on, you know, in the outskirts of the town at these camps. And, you know, to me, I, I wonder what the transparency was of how bad things were for some folks versus for those folks like the two gas station attendants that called the Okies, you know, they ain't human, you know, less than human. I know. I, I was thinking of that myself because I was thinking of how it it must have been. I know I know people didn't get around as much then because transportation was so limited, but I have to believe that on some level most people knew that it was this bad if they uh, read the paper or listened to the radio. Yeah. But I, don't, I don't know. There might have been a lot of denial going on. Yeah. Plus, they had their own problems because nobody knew if this thing was going to turn around or when. Right. Economically. Everybody was kind of having a hard go of it, I think. Um, and Tom Joad, uh, after they leave the camp, he's just had it. He's fed up. And he says that. It... Ma, there comes a time when a man gets mad. You told me. You promised me. I know, you Ma. Like I promised. To. There was a law they was working with. Maybe we could take it, but it ain't the law. They're working away in our spirits. They're trying to make us cringe and crawl, working on our decency. You promised, Tom. I know. I'm a trying to, Mom. You've got to keep clear. The families are breaking up. You've got to keep clear. 
And yeah, that was a great line. And I think that really captured what was going on. It was just not so much that they were having a hard time, but that these people that were kind of against them were really just trying to break them down and, and break their spirits. And Ma Joad has to talk him down from getting violent. She, yeah, she had that role several times in the movie with, with all of them. I love that scene where they're driving down the highway and that dilapidated truck finally has another flat. I, I imagine in my mind they must have had 20 flats along that trip. And, and I and think it almost shows up. It almost tipped over a few times, literally like yes. tipped over while they were filming. <laughs> those trucks, they, they ended the production of those trucks in 1920. So here it is in the late 30s, and so it's already an old truck. And they, it was amazing to me they could hold it together. Then the contrast when that guy pulls up in that convertible, that real fancy convertible, and says, if you go to the Keene Ranch, you'll have work. Yeah, so so here's the next uh, the next stop on their journey is the Keene Ranch, and something's off when they pull up to the ranch. Yeah. You can you can tell there's a lot of police out front. There's a crowd of people. Uh, Tom Joad says, "I don't like this. You know, this something's not right here." But they get led into the to the ranch anyway, and they they get a cabin. And Ma Joad says, "We're gonna live here, Ma." I'm sure this won't be so bad once we get her washed out. I like the tent better. This got a floor. Wouldn't leak when it rains. Here, this might come in handy. Uh, but it turns out things aren't all great there at the Keen Ranch either. I thought it was well done the way they sort of uh, the way Director Ford kind of uncovered what was going on little by little. The price that was being paid for the labor, what had happened to people, the uh, strike. And I think it's the only time in the movie where it really makes a statement about, at least to my memory, about uh, the workers not not being unionized or being organized and uh, being exploited for... uh, getting the peaches in. I think it was the most overt statement about that and how uh, there was that group of men in the tents kind of outside the Keene Ranch, and we find out that the ex-preacher, what's his name, as his character's name? Do you, do you uh, know? Casey. Casey. Casey, yeah. Casey's out there with them, and Tom Joad uh, is kind of out there trying to find out what's going on and what's the deal with all the people and, and the police outside the ranch and discovers the truth, but it's a little bit too late because uh, the folks from the ranch are coming out to, I think, basically kill all those guys that were out there in the tent. And they end up killing Casey, and Tom Joad ends up killing one of them and and gets away, but he's got this big, uh, broke, you know, big laceration on his face and a broken cheekbone, and uh, now he's in trouble because they're they're going to be looking for him. And it, 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 they had to hide him in order to get out of the camp. Yeah, that was pretty intense how they did that. Um, and they, they do get out of the camp. And the next stop is such a contrast to everything we've seen so far. This is the uh, federally run camp, sort of like a real refugee camp. 
and it's clean. It has indoor plumbing, which was funny because the kids had never seen indoor plumbing before, and they thought they'd broken the toilet when they actually flushed it. Winfield, Winfield, get up! I got something to show you. What's the matter? It's some white things made out of dish stuff, like in the catalogs. Come on, I'll show you. Come on, ain't nobody gonna say anything. Here's where you wash your hands. What's these? Well, I reckon you stand in them little rooms, and water comes down out of that little jigger up there. You take a bath. Oh, look! Just like in the catalog. Hey, don't you go among here! No, you didn't. You busted it. All I did was pull that string. No, <laughs> <laughs> and and the uh, the manager of the camp looked like he was going to play a round of golf with those white pants, white shoes, and that fancy sweater. They had running water. And the fact that they were self they were self managed, they each elected sort of a a leader or, or a council to make decisions about what they were gonna do and and Tom Joe just couldn't believe their luck. He thought that you know, he he said something like, Ma is gonna be so happy that she hasn't had a break in in so long. You know. And I that, that whole that was, oh, I was just gonna say that was such a funny scene when the two little kids Thought they'd broken the plumbing. Just... <laughs> I, I like that. There were little scenes like that that kind of uh, were humorous and lightened the the burden of the rest of the movie. And I, I think John Ford clearly put those in there to, you know, keep keep the mood a little bit lighter at least. That was quite the camp. And then they organize. They have a dance every Saturday night, and and uh, Tom Joad is like, wow. Is this real? And then he's, again, because of all that's gone on, he's thinking, what's going on here? And even the way it was presented, I thought, okay, something is going to happen. This is too good to be true, given the given the theme of the movie. Yeah, it did have that good, too good to be true kind of uh, feel to it. But it's not that there's anything wrong with the camp, per se. It's that the people who are running, like, the ranches and the... the the farms around there that want the really cheap labor don't really like that camp being there because, well, I don't, th I think for a lot of reasons, they don't like the transients. You know, they don't like the idea that there are these people there that don't really have a place. Uh, and I, I, I think they don't like those folks getting organized, which I think yeah. is kind of what's happening at this camp. And, and maybe they don't like the fact that the federal government is there, sort of right. help, helping them, you know? Right. I, I couldn't tell either in the movie whether it was the state of California or the federal government. It just said Department of Agriculture. Oh, you're right. It's it, kind of vague. Maybe it was the state. The state. It could have been. But in any event, there were there would be people that say, you know, why are they doing that? Uh, and then we have one more big confrontation at that a nice camp during the, <laughs> during the dance. <laughs> <laughs> they took care of those troublemakers didn't they they did i liked how they did that it was very uh quietly handled and you know they had the whole thing set up so that there'd be a big fight at the dance and then the police could come in and run everybody out of town and the police show up and they're just having a dance just all right open up we here got a riot riot i don't see any riot who are you deputy sheriffs 
Well, have you got a warrant? We don't need a warrant when there's a riot. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're going to do about it. I don't hear any riot. I don't see any riot. What's more, I don't believe there is any riot. Look for yourself. The look on the face of those guys were like, uh, all right, let's get out of here. I guess there's yeah. nothing going on. The uh, That kind of leads to, uh, uh, the, uh, later that night, a couple of the police officers or highway patrol or some law enforcement officials show up and they're looking for the license plate of the person that was involved in that murder back at the Keene Ranch. And that's when uh, Tom talks to Majot about he's going to have to leave. How am I going to know about you, Tommy? Why, they could kill you, and I'd never know. They could hurt you. How am I going to know? Well, maybe it's like Casey says. The fella ain't got a soul of his own, just a little piece of a big soul. The one big soul that belongs to everybody. Then... Then what, Tom? Then it don't matter. I'll be all around in the dark. I'll be everywhere. Wherever you can look. Wherever there's a fight so hungry people can eat, I'll be there. Wherever there's a cop beating up a guy, I'll be there. I'll be in the way guys yell when they're mad. Be in the way kids laugh when they're hungry and they know supper's ready. And when the people are eating the stuff they raise and living in the houses they build, I'll be there too. I don't understand it, Tom. Me neither, Ma, but just something I've been thinking about. Give me your hand, Ma. Goodbye. Goodbye, Tommy. Later, when this is blowed over, you'll come back. Sure, Ma. Yeah. That was a that was a big scene, and and Ma Joe is talking about how the family's cracking up and. Well, earlier in the movie, she talked about how he 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 couldn't leave because yeah, it was right after he'd committed the murder, and he was afraid that he was going to get caught. And, well, that's right. And that he was, was saying, the, yeah. "I yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I just got to get out of here." And Majo's like, "No, don't leave us. Our family's cracking up. We've got to stick together." Um, and then later, when the police come looking for him at the the government camp. He, he realizes that he's got to go. And, and Ma Jode at that point realizes that he's got to go as well. Wasn't that that uh, scene where, where Henry Fonda is talking about what he's going to do? That was really an interesting scene because he was just, it was so philosophical and how he was every man, he'd be in every place. And it was like, wow, this, it, in, a, in a way it, it, it sort of, didn't quite fit with the character that he was earlier in the movie. Yeah, it's almost I, like a sermon. It was, and I think they maybe didn't do everything that they needed to do to bridge that gap from how he was at the beginning of the movie to 
how he was at the very end. You remember last week when we talked about how some of those characters in 12 o'clock high had these arcs where yes, you could really yes. see how they changed. And I thought that in that movie, they did a really good job of making those connections. Uh, but Tom Joad at the end of this movie is just so different and philosophical and, you know, que- he's, he still wants to go kind of questing for an answer. Yes. But uh, which he does. He which takes he does. Off and, but yeah, I think and, you're right. They 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 maybe could have done a little bit more to to make that believable. It, I had a hard time getting from what he was in the beginning to where he was when he took off on his quest. But I love the ending when Ma Jode is in the truck and off they're going to Fresno. And once again, she's like holding the family together, no matter what. 20 days work. Oh, boy. I'll be glad to get my hands on some cotton. That's the kind of picking I understand. Maybe. Maybe 20 days work and maybe no days work. We ain't got it till we get it. What's the matter, Ma? Getting scared? Scared? Huh. I ain't never going to be scared no more. Come on, though. For a while, it looked as though we was beat. Good and beat. Looked like we didn't have nobody in the whole wide world but enemies. Like nobody was friendly no more. Made me feel kind of bad and scared, too. Like we was lost and nobody cared. You're the one that keeps us going, Ma. I ain't no good no more, and I know it. Seems like I spend all my time these days thinking how it used to be. Thinking of home. I ain't never gonna see it no more. Well, Pa, a woman can change better than a man. A man lives sort of, well, in jerks. Baby's born or somebody dies and that's a jerk. He gets a farm or loses it and, and that's a jerk. With a woman, it's all in one flow like a stream. Little eddies and waterfalls, but the river, it goes right on. Woman looks at it that way. Well, maybe. We sure taking a beating. I know. <laughs> That's what makes us tough. Rich fellas come up and they die, and their kids ain't no good and they die out. But we keep a coming. We're the people that live. They can't wipe us out, they can't lick us. We'll go on forever, Pa, because we're the people. I felt like it had a, an uplifting ending. Like, okay, yes. things things have been really bad, and they're not through it all yet. But at least there's some hope. You know, I felt like there was some hope there at the end. I, I was wondering too, and we haven't talked about this, but I, I just wonder if behind the scenes, when the movie was being made, if some of the executives at 20th Century Fox looked at the, you know, the rushes or the the draft of the movie and said, man, you got to do something to lighten the load at the end of this or nobody's going to come and see it. I, I don't know that. I mean, I may, I may be way off base, but that ending with uh, Henry Fonda's talk and then Ma Jode's ending, I thought, I just wonder if they didn't do that to lighten it up a bit. Yeah, it, and it just ends, and that's it. It's just, they have, yeah. you know, Tom Jode leaves, and then they are... The family's getting 
back on the truck to head north, and Ma oh, Majo says a little little something about how you know it's going to be okay, and we're going to go get work, and and then it ends, and and it it goes back into the uh, closing credits with that sort of upbeat music that it had at the beginning, and I, I was surprised that it just sort of ended like that, like. Is there more? Like, is there a part two? Is this like I expected something else to to happen? I, it ran two hours. Maybe somebody just said, "Well, we got to wrap it up." <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, you know, I, for this review and rating of it for me, I've been all over the place. I I still think my two favorite movies are Stagecoach and Twelve O'clock High, and then this one would fall in there. I. Uh, I guess I would say it's a nine out of ten uh, for some of the things we've talked about. It's such a powerful movie, and I'm still not sure what I think of all of the parts to it. I may never be clear on some of that stuff. I, that's a that's a really good way to say it. I'm sort of confused myself about how I feel about it. Like I was really moved at certain points, and and just really emotionally. Uh, hit with some of those scenes and then other scenes just fell flat for me and I was not sure of what to think about them and I, I would say that the direction and the cinematography and and the acting was just top-notch it doesn't get much better than 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 this movie in, in those regards uh, but the story and some of the decisions in terms of uh, kind of like for instance how they ended it seemed a little weird to me or the, the use of the music uh but overall i think i i think i might give it an eight out of ten eight out of ten yeah. you know i wonder too you know we've we've we both feel a little bit ambivalent maybe about what the whole thing as a package and i'm wondering if the people that made it struggled with that as they made it because there was so much going i covered so much or maybe that's how we're supposed to feel about it you know yeah, maybe, maybe that's maybe... it too maybe it's supposed to leave you still kind of wondering and asking questions. And I think the themes that it brings up and the situations that it covers are just as relevant today as, as they were in the late 1930s. And I wonder, you know, there's so much that changed in the country and the world as a result of World War II. I mean, World War II was sort of... It was go. It was on. It was starting up, you know, in in the late 1930s in Europe, um, and we didn't get pulled in for a few more years. But so much changed in terms of the the industrial base of the country, the logistical ability of the country to move goods and services around, yeah. the the views of people, and and you know all these men going off to war and and how they came back and and what they thought of things after that. And, you know, you look at the country in the late 30s as depicted in this movie, and then you look at the country depicted in movies after World War II, and it's like on the town, for instance, uh, so different. Um, so different. Uh, to me, the, the period of change from 1938 to 1950 encompasses just total changes in the economy, the world structure, everything. Yeah, I agree. I think part of the reason I'm fascinated with the 1940s and the movies in it is that they were struggling as this whole thing changed as a society. 
Boy, we're philosophical today, aren't we? That must be the way the movie was intending us for us to feel. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's we should for another creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, we should probably wrap it up. We've gone on for quite a while. We've so. gone on quite a while, yeah. Uh, so agree. you give it a nine, I give it an eight, and uh, for a lot of different reasons, we either love it or we're not sure about it. And uh, next week, we've got something totally different, which is uh, Witness to Murder, starring Barbara Stanwyck. And we wanted to have a movie that had a real strong female lead, which we kind of inadvertently had this week with Ma Joad. Uh, but more deliberately, we chose Witness to Murder next week. And, uh, and so that's what's upcoming. Uh, and until then, happy movie watching. I'm Matt Johnson coming to you from Seattle, Washington. And I'm Bob Johnson in Los Angeles, and we hope you have a great couple of weeks, and we'll see you uh, in two weeks. <laughs>